your flexibility just to keep on going. Uh, just out of curiosity, how many of you took your phones out and tried to find the lyrics so you could sing along? A few of you, a few of you did that. So uh, you just got to love technical difficulties sometimes. Well, good morning. Welcome to Northside. Here's what we don't need technology to do. Welcome those around you. So say hello to somebody. All right, you may return to your seats and be seated. What's well, a great day to be in the house of the Lord. We're so thankful that you chose to worship with us today to lift up the mighty name of Jesus. If this is your first time with us, uh, thank you for being here. Um, Y'all are excited. That's good. Um, I got a kid at home. I'm used to just having to talk over you, so go right ahead. Uh, inside the bulletin is a little QR code that you can scan, fill out a little bit of information about yourself, or we have a connection card out there in the foyer. We would greatly appreciate if you would just let us know that this is your first time, or maybe your second or third time, and you have not done that yet. Uh, we would really appreciate that. Uh, another reason for that is there is a place on both of those that if there's a way that we can be praying for you, so please let us know. We want to be faithful to lift you up in prayer. Hopefully you're looking at the bulletin week in and week out, paying, attentions to, paying attention to the announcements. Uh, Ms. Tracy is going to come, and she has an announcement about Children's Church. So listen very carefully to what she has to say. Hi, guys. Um, so as you know, Children's Church um, is led by uh, helpers. So... That's why I'm here. We need a couple more teachers, um, one to two teachers at least. Um, if you are willing to help and you are being called to help in the children's ministry, we would greatly appreciate it. It is very um, easy to do. You're handed the material. You don't have to come up with anything. Um, it even has craft information, games, things like that. Um, and you have a helper. You're not by yourself. Um, and it's, you know, the length of the sermon. So 20, 30 minutes tops that you're there and um, you're put on a rotation. So it's not even like every week, that kind of thing. Um, so if you are called, we would really, really appreciate it because we need, like I said, one to two more people. We really need teachers, not necessarily helpers. We've got lots of helpers thanks to mostly our youth. So yay youth. Um, but if you guys are interested, can you uh, please come see me? Um, you can uh, catch me after the service or 
Uh, Wednesdays, whenever. Yeah, just come find me. Thank you. <laughs> For leading in our children's church ministry. Uh, so I want to encourage you. Look, I know not everybody is called to serve in children's ministry. And if we can be quite frank with one another, some of you don't need to be in children's ministry, right? You know that. You're like, you don't want me in children's ministry. That's good. We, we get that. But if you have been listening the last couple weeks, and you'll hear again this morning, God has gifted us and we are to serve. And if you are called to children's ministry, or you say, hey, I love kids, I, I can help out, please see Miss Tracy. Ideally, the goal would be that we have enough teachers and helpers that you don't have to serve more than once every four weeks. Ideally, it'd be once every six weeks. Because I know you want to sit under the preaching of God's word, you want to hear that. So if you are willing to help, please heed that call for help and let her know. Um, praying the scripture uh, for this morning comes directly out of Ephesians chapter 4. We'll be talking about this verse together. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. So will you take a moment where you are, meditate upon that verse, and offer up this verse as a prayer to God, however the Spirit leads you to pray, and then I will pray for us, and then we will continue to worship together. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the opportunity that we have to gather with family, brothers and sisters in Christ, to sing praises unto you, to hear, Lord, your word declared through song, through prayer, through teaching, through preaching. Father, your word says here in verse 15 that we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head. Jesus, we confess the scriptures and what the scriptures teach that you are the head you father in christ you have authority over us as the head we are the body and we are to grow up in every way into christ so father this morning as we sing as your word is proclaimed may we look into our hearts and may we honestly be able to say that we want every area of our life in subjection to the Lordship of Jesus Christ? Is there any part of our life, our thought life, maybe what we allow into our mind through what we see, maybe the words that are coming out of our mouth from our finances to our relationship to our understanding of Scripture and our doctrine to the way we act here, to the way we act out uh, in the public realm throughout the week? Father, we want everything in subjection to the authority of Christ as the head, individually and corporately as a body. And if we are outside of that, any part of us, then, oh, Spirit of God, would you convict us, bring us to repentance so that we can say Jesus is the head and I'm under his lordship. Father, help us to stand, to stand for truth that we're going to talk about this morning, to speak the truth in love, to stand upon the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Continue to be glorified in all that we do this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand? Let's continue to worship together.
with us this morning. Uh, a lot of you people don't know him, but he's sitting here with the altos. I don't know why. But he, good to have a man and his wife here today, and especially he's going to sing because his dad was chicken. He wouldn't do it. So. I mean, that's all there is to it, I can say. But you're going to love this. You're going to love this. You're my king of kings, 
Thank you, Glenn. I think that's the first time I've heard you sing. And now it's required that every time you come back, you give us notice and you're ready to sing. Wow. Thank you. And thank you, choir. Thank you, Curtis. I saw you getting into it over there, brother. Amen. Amen. All right. At this time, our children are going to make their way to Children's Church. Those of you thinking about helping, just go ahead and look at them, see how amazing and wonderful they are, and think, man, I really need to start serving with our kiddos. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4 verses 13 through 16 will be our text this morning. The story is told that a group of tourists were visiting a picturesque village and they walked by an old man sitting beside a fence. In a rather patronizing way, one tourist asked, were any great men born in this village? And the old man replied, nope. Only babies. No great men born in the village, only babies. And it is a funny, humorous reminder that great men are never born. Right? We're all born babies, born little girls. And right, we grow and we mature and then we become men and women, hopefully who love the Lord Jesus and go on to do great things for him. The same can be true of us spiritually. When you are born again of the Spirit, you are not born into a mature Christian. You are a babe in Christ, the Scripture says. And you are to mature 
You are to grow in your faith the longer you walk with Jesus. So just a quick recap of, of where we've been, because we're going to finish up this section through verse 16 this morning. As Paul begins, verse 1, in the beginning of this, talking about how we are united in our diversity. United. We are one, but yet we are diverse. And then we saw last week, right, that we are to be busy with ministry. Busy with ministry. That God gives a diverse gifts to different people and we're to use those gifts for his glory and his honor busy in ministry then this morning we're going to see that we are to grow up in maturity so here's the big idea this morning N nothing profound but just something we need to be reminded of and it is this it'll be on the screen as christians followers of christ we are to grow and mature in our walk with christ we are to grow and mature in our walk with Christ. Let's start in verse 13, just kind of an overview, and then we're going to break down verses 14, 15, and 16. So, just a reminder, verse 11, actually, would you please stand in honor of the reading of God's Word? Almost forgot to have you do that. This is the Word of God. We are to have a very high view of God's Word. This isn't man's Word, but God's Word. And this is what it says. We'll go back to verse 11 so you can see the context. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves, carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into Him who is the head into Christ." from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. You may be seated. Now let's go back to verse 13 and break it down. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith, right? So he's saying we are to build up the body of Christ until we reach a certain point, and that is until we all attain to the maturity of of faith. The CSB translates it until we all reach unity in the faith. He goes on to say, and of the knowledge of the Son of God, right? We should grow in our knowledge and understanding of Christ. This was Paul's desire in Philippians, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. Paul said, I want to know him. He says, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. There's some different translations here. The message reads, fully mature adults, fully developed within and without, fully alive like Christ. New Living Translation. That we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Phillips writes, the Holy Spirit wants us to grow up until we display here on earth something of Christ's stature and maturity turn over to first peter chapter 2 as we think about how we are to grow up first peter chapter 2 listen listen to what the word of god has to say through peter chapter 2 verse 1 so put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander verse 2 like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk that by it here it is, you may grow up into salvation. We are to grow up in our salvation, to grow up in our walk with Christ. So just to recap, 11, 12, 13. 
Pastors must keep equipping. Saints keep ministering until we all reach that maturity in Christ. So a point of application. If this is the case, pastors keep equipping, saints keep ministering until we're all mature in Christ. Here's the reality. You will never retire from ministry. Lord willing, some of you have experienced this, you will get to retire from your job. You will put in the years, the hard work, you will reach retirement stage. And you can begin to draw, or you can go to Social Security. You can enjoy not having to work. But you will never withdraw, with, retire from ministry. There's never a day where you can step back and say, all right, I'm done serving. I don't, they don't need me anymore. No, we will always keep serving. Now, you may not be able to serve in the same way that you once did. Physically, you may be limited, but you can still pray. You can still encourage. There are ways for you to build up. So we never retire from serving the Lord in ministry, and we also don't ever stop growing. There will never be a point where you say, I'm spiritually mature. I don't need to sit under preaching anymore. I don't need to sit under teaching anymore. I don't need to read my Bible anymore. I know it all. No, we will keep growing. We will never stop growing in maturity. And so that's the, the big idea, right? As Christians, we are to grow and mature in our walk with Christ. Now let's kind of break that down as we go through verses 14, 15, and 16. As Christians, we are to grow and mature. Let's focus on the grow and mature. Because look what Paul says here. Verse 14. So that we may no longer be children. Right? He says we're to grow up into mature manhood so that we no longer will be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Right? We know physically we start as a baby and we mature. Spiritually, we start as infants in Christ and we are to mature to mature manhood and womanhood in the faith. So let's think about children, little kids for just a moment. Children are immature. Children, little kids, throw temper tantrums. They throw fits. You're thinking, I know adults who throw temper tantrums and fits. Yes, sometimes we do. But kids, right, we know they're immature. They're going to do that. Children can be easily deceived and tricked. It's why we teach our kids, don't talk to strangers. Because some strangers don't really care for you. They just want to hurt you. They can deceive you. They can trick you. And, and then you're going to get hurt really, really bad. So they can be easily deceived and tricked. Children are often impulsive. They act based upon feelings instead of thoughtfully and prayerfully making these decisions. Right? Malachi does not thoughtfully and prayerfully decide and think through the decisions. He's just impulsive. So we have to mature. There's signs of of immaturity in kids, but there are also some signs of immaturity when it comes to us spiritually. And Paul gives us an example. So that we may no longer be children. So what is a sign that we are a child in Christ, a babe in Christ, or still immature in our faith? Here it is, that we are tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine. Right? There's this picture of a boat. You're in a boat. A storm comes up, and it is just tossing you around. The wind is taking you every which way, and you're not in control. You're being swept up by the winds and the waves. And so Paul is saying there are those still immature in Christ, 
who are swept along by every wind of doctrine, by every wind of teaching, every new teaching that comes along, they're just running after it and they think this for this moment and they run after this teaching over here. Now they believe this and their opinions are constantly changing because they're immature in the faith. Now listen, as human beings, we get swept up in the latest fads. The latest clothing trend or whatever's going on in in the media and there is a current fad and trend that is sweeping the nation right now. It's called Wordle. Many of you know Wordle. And I know you know Wordle because I see you post your scores. But I play Wordle. I got hooked. I got Ryan hooked. What I like about Wordle is you only play it once a day. So it can't be overly addicting. It's not like you sit there for four hours playing it. You get one word a day, you try to guess the word, and you got to wait till the next day, right? But it's this fad. It's everywhere. We get swept up into these things. And if we aren't careful, we do the same thing with scriptures. We grab hold of every so-called new teaching. Oh, this is a new revelation. This is a new teaching. And we're like, oh my goodness, this is great. And we're caught up in this. And this is why it is so important that you and I, as those who are mature in the faith, when we see a new believer, we must come alongside them and disciple them and teach them the Word of God. Because if we don't, they're going to stay infants and they're going to run after all these new teachings that sound incredible, but they're false. But it continues, by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning. The idea here, Greek word, this idea of this dice, and that back in the day they could roll this dice and they could manipulate the dice and and could deceive people, right? Human cunning. I remember, uh, I still remember this, the first time I heard this. So you all know, you flip a coin, they do it before football games, uh, and sometimes you got to make a decision, so you flip a coin, heads, tails, I remember the first time somebody said to me, hey, we're going to flip the coin, heads I win, tails you lose. I was like, all right, let's go. And then I realized, wait a minute, you're deceiving me because I lose no matter what, right? Heads I win, tails you lose. We, we, We deceive people. And Paul is warning us that there are those by human cunning are going to seek to deceive people. Humans are guilty of taking the Scriptures out of context and twisting them. Folks, we are seeing that today. Things that the churches believe for hundreds, thousands of years, suddenly people are saying, nope, that's not how we interpret it. We interpret it this way, and people are running after it because they really like that teaching better than what the church has taught for 2,000 plus years. Human cunning, deception. And then he continues, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. Now take your Bibles and flip over, I have to flip over a page to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Go back to chapter 4. What does it say in verse 14? By craftiness and deceitful schemes. Here's what we have to realize. Behind every false doctrine, behind every false teaching is Satan. He's behind it all. He's using using human cunning, human trickery, but he's the one that stands behind it. Let me read 2 Corinthians 11, verse 3 for you. But I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. See, the Bible teaches that once you give your life to Jesus, you are secure. 
God the Father holds you in the palm of his hand. And I believe you, now that you belong to Jesus, you will persevere, you will keep following Jesus. So Satan knows, look, Aaron's life is now in Christ, hidden with Christ. I can't take that from him. But what I can try to do is lead him astray. And Satan knows there are immature babes in Christ who he seeks to lead astray through cunning measures. So in the church, where does this unity often come from? Two things. These will be on the screen. Number one, doctrinal ignorance. Sometimes division and disunity happens in the church because people are just ignorant of doctrine. And, and they get mad and upset about something, and they go, well, I believe this, and it's just not biblical because they've been taught that. And then maybe a division begins. Doctrinal ignorance, they just don't know the Scriptures because they're babes in Christ and we fail to disciple them. Or number two, sometimes it's spiritual immaturity. Let's be honest, we are all to be maturing in our walk with Christ. And even those of us who are spiritually mature, because we still wrestle with the flesh, there's going to be times that we act immature spiritually. And sometimes the way we act causes division. And when that happens, a sign of maturity is to be able to go back and say, hey, I really blew that. I acted in the flesh, and I was wrong, and I'm sorry. Let's make it right. But spiritual immaturity, people right, who just, just make an issue over things that don't matter because they're spiritually immature. So, right, we are to grow and mature, and Paul says one way we do that is we're not swept away with all of these different teachings that come along because we're grounded and rooted in God's Word. Second thing I want you to notice is we think about we are to grow in our walk. Because now look at verse 15. This is so important for us. Rather, speaking the truth of love, we are to grow up in every way into Him who is the head into Christ. Now, I want you to notice that verse 15 is really contrasting verse 14. Let me, let me point that out for you. It stands in contrast to verse 14, because what does he say? Speaking the truth. Now you go back to the end of verse 14, what is he saying? Human cunning, craftiness, and deceitful schemes. Those contrast. Don't live a life of falsehood. Rather, be truthful. Speak the truth. And then, speaking the truth in love, that in love part is contrasted with those who would seek to deceive people. Right? If you love someone, you're not going to try to trick them or to deceive them, or to hurt them. So Paul is contrasting what he has just said in verse 14. This would be true of those who are immature in the faith. Now let me show you what it looks like to be mature in the faith, and that is you speak the truth in love. So let's break that down. Speaking the truth. One commentary says you could actually take this Greek word and it could read truthing in love. Speaking of both truthful words and an honest lifestyle. Look at verse 25. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor. As you're walking with Christ, your walk should be one of truthfulness. Galatians chapter 4, verse 16. Have I then become your enemy by telling you the truth? Let's be honest. When you speak the truth, some people won't like you. And Paul even acknowledges that. Look, if I become your enemy because I was truthful with you? Galatians chapter 2, verse 5. To them we did not yield in submission even for a moment, so that the truth of the gospel might be preserved for you. And then in verse 14, But when I saw that their conduct was not in step with the truth of the gospel, we are to be about the truth of the gospel. 
We are to declare the truthfulness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That God sent his son Jesus, lived a perfect life, died on the cross in our place, was raised from the dead, ascended to the right hand of God the Father, has poured out the Holy Spirit who indwells believers, who enables us to grow in our walk with Christ. That sinners can be saved through the shed blood of Jesus. We must be men and women who hold fast to the truth revealed in Jesus Christ, who said, I am the way the truth and the life, and who also said your word is true. So we must be people who speak the truth. We must be people who speak the truth in love. I want you to observe this. Love is an inclusio here in this section. It's a bookend. Go to verse 2 of chapter 4. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in what? Bearing with one another in? Y'all can be a little bit louder, but that's okay. If you're asleep. Verse 15, rather speaking the truth in love. Thank you. Last part of verse 16, making the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Right? So we see the inclusio here, the bookends of love. Love is to be a central, critical component to how we speak and how we live our life. Um, There's verses you remember when you read for the first time. One of mine is Colossians chapter 4, verse 6. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt. When we speak to people, we are to use gracious words and not ungracious words. So let me quickly give you just some things to kind of help you. I want you to meditate upon these this week. And then we're going to talk about two pitfalls that we have to avoid when it comes to speaking the truth in love. So when we talk about speaking graciously to people, we need to make sure it's the right time. There's a right time and a wrong time to speak truth into somebody's life. Like when they're around a bunch of people, probably not the time to say, hey man, I need to say something to you. Like it's not the right time. So it's got to be the right time. You have to use the right words. Gracious speech, right? The right words. It's got to be done with the right spirit. And you have to have the right approach. That's graciousness. We are to speak to others with this gracious speech always. I would love to stand up here and tell you that I always speak gracious words all the time to people. And I don't. We all fall short of that. But when we fall short of that, we have to be willing to confess that and to repent of that. Now, two pitfalls. This is really important. Speaking the truth in love. The first pitfall is this. Speaking the truth without love. And every single one of us in this room, I think we lean one of two ways when it comes to this. Some of you, you're you're more hesitant. You're not hesitant. You, You have the tendency to, hey, I don't have a problem telling people the truth. But sometimes it's not always done in love. I speak the truth, but without love. John Stott writes, truth becomes hard if it is not softened by love. So I was 19, 20 years old on the campus of the University of Kentucky, and I was walking to class. And as I was walking, I noticed a a large group of people in a circle. And in the midst of that circle, as I got closer, I heard two men just screaming screaming you're going to hell you're going just yelling tell them they're going to hell and you and i've seen this multiple times before this unfortunately um but but when i got closer i also saw signs calling them out for their sin in derogatory hateful terminology and as i stood there my heart was broken because here's the reality 
What they were saying, now the words they were using, completely ungodly, and I don't believe honor Jesus whatsoever, but what they were saying is true. Apart from Jesus Christ, if we continue in our sin, we're going to hell. That was true. But here's the problem I had. Standing there, it seemed like they were delighting in the fact that they were telling you that you're going to hell. I don't ever delight in the fact that somebody's going to hell. In fact, your heart ought to break at the thought that somebody is going to hell because they don't repent and believe in Jesus. There should be no, hi, you're going to hell. It should be, brother, sister, do you know what's going to happen to you if you don't turn and believe in Jesus? Repent and believe with weeping and mourning in your heart for their condition. And they were delighting in telling people they were going to hell. W.A. Criswell says it, and he says it well. In many instances, some of our fundamental Bible-believing Baptists believe people have the best doctrine and the worst spirit. I know brothers, they got solid doctrine, but their spirit is way off. What, that Jesus never would have talked the way they talked, and when he did, he was speaking to a certain group of people, and he was perfect. And, but the way they speak, man, there's no love whatsoever in their voices. Listen, if you, have to, if you have to preface when you go up to somebody, hey, brother, sister, I want to speak the truth to you in love, I would argue you've already failed. Because it should be so obvious to them based upon how they see your life that they know you're coming to them in love and that you're willing to speak the truth. You don't have to tell them. Hey, when I'm about to tell you it's in love, they should know. So some of us, right, you lean towards, hey, I'll tell you the truth, and sometimes I do it kind of judgmentally. Others of you lean the other way. This is more where I would lean, if I'm honest. Showing love, but maybe struggling to really speak the truth the way that you ought to. You just, you just, you just don't like confronting people at times, but you know you have to. And so showing love, but never speaking the truth. John Stott writes, love becomes soft if it is not strengthened by truth. Loving someone means you will tell them the truth. If you love someone, you will tell them the truth. Brothers and sisters, I don't have to tell you this, but in 2022, we are living in a culture in which they believe loving someone means I'm going to be nice to you and let you live however you want to live, and I will never tell you what you're doing is sinful or wrong. That is not love. If we know God's word says that something is sin, it's not love to say, hey, just, just enjoy it. I'll support you. I'll be your biggest cheerleader, even though I know the Bible says this is sin. That is not loving someone. So we must be willing to come alongside people, to speak the truth, but it must always be done in love and, and gracious. Now look, sometimes you may have to be a little more forceful. Like, sometimes you're just going to have to be. It doesn't mean you got to be, oh, it's okay. Right? Jesus, I mean, he spoke the truth, and, and, he, and he did it firmly at times. But again, it must always be done in love. And then the last thing I want us to see is he says that we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. Jesus Christ is Lord. He is master. He is God. And we are to grow up, look what he says, in every way that means every area of your life must come under the lordship of jesus christ every area of your life your thought life how you spend your money we don't like to talk about this one but what you do with your body 
Right? Everything we do must come under the lordship of Jesus Christ. Our relationships, how we conduct ourselves at work, how we conduct ourselves when nobody else is watching, everything is to come under the lordship of Jesus Christ. And it says, from whom the whole body. Jesus Christ is our power. He is the one that enables us to grow and be changed. He is the resurrected, exalted, and ascended Christ, and he empowers us, that he empowers the church to grow spiritually with him, to become more like him. Now let me mention three things here from verse 16 before we close. From whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Number one is this. You cannot grow apart from Jesus Christ. You can't. He's the head. So let me speak the truth to you in love. If you are not faithfully and consistently in God's word, you will not and you cannot grow. I love you but I'm being completely blunt and honest with you. If you are not reading God's word, you will not grow. If we are not praying, if we are not crying out, Spirit of God, open my eyes and I might see wonderful things in your law. If we are not saying, Spirit of God, transform me. If we are not dependent upon the Spirit of God, we will not grow. You cannot grow spiritually apart from Jesus Christ. It is not going to happen. And so if you're not growing or you're stagnant in your faith, man, are you in the Word? Are you willing to persevere in the Word? You say, Pastor, man, I've been reading for three weeks and I just don't feel like I'm learning. Well, keep persevering because there'll be a breakthrough. The Spirit of God, He's working. You just don't see it yet. So be faithful, be diligent. Second is this. Again, I'm going to speak truthfully but, but lovingly. We grow together. We grow together. Look what he says. From whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. Right? Ligaments were held together. Our bodies held together. My arm is not randomly over there. That if I want to go shake Curtis's hand, i got to walk over here, pick my arm up, and shake his hand. Right? It's attached. We're together. We are the body. So we want you growing individually. But Paul really here is speaking about growing corporately. That we grow together as the body of Christ, which means this, hear me, you will not grow apart from the body of Christ. You won't do it. You come once a month, you're not going to grow. You just watch us online, you're not going to grow. Right? You must be connected, involved, committed to a body of people. You must allow people to speak truth into your life who are concerned about you, who want to help you grow. You will not grow apart from Christ and His Word. You will not grow apart from the church because we are held together. Look what he says. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Third thing, we must be concerned with others walk in Christ. Look what it says. When each part is working properly, when each member of the body is working properly, that's when we will grow. <laughs> Years ago, I was watching TV and a commercial came up talking about restless leg syndrome. It's a real thing, by the way. I thought it was made up, but it is a real thing, right? It's amazing how one part of your body, if you deal with this, right, just the urge to keep moving, can mess up everything else in your body. The last week and a half, my big toe has been sore. I don't know what I did to hurt it. 
you would not think you really need a big toe. Like, it's just a big, what, what does it matter? But it affects the rest of your body. Some of you are thinking, Pastor, I'm just a big toe. Am I really needed? I'm not calling you the big toe. But yes, you're needed. If you think I'm not very valuable, what do I contribute? Am I really needed? Yes, because hear me. Hear my heart. It just takes one part of your body to go rogue, to do its own thing, and it messes you up. Some of you are shaking your head because you know the older we get, right, we realize this. Hear me. It just takes one part of the body of Christ, one part to go rogue, and it can mess everything up in our midst. Just one person to say, I'm going my own way. I'm doing my own thing. I don't care about the unity. Just one person can mess the whole thing up. It just takes a a handful of people to say, hey, I'm not going to serve. I just want to take. I want to be entertained, And, and we won't be as healthy as we can be. For Northside to be a healthy, growing church numerically and spiritually, Every single one of us as members of this church must be growing and must do our part so that the body of Christ is built up. Every one of us. You say, wow, Aaron, that's a lot you just put on my shoulders. It's a good thing the Spirit of God indwells you and enables you to do it because every one of us are valuable. Every one of us. And so here's the, here's the charge to you. Before we really start getting in next week into what this looks like practically, it is this. You are to be growing in your walk with Christ which means you are to be growing in your understanding of God's Word, no longer tossed about by every wind of doctrine. You're grounded in the Word of God. It means that you are living that out by speaking truth in love. And you understand, I have a part to play in this body. I'm important. Christ is gifting me. The Spirit is using me. And I want to be involved in helping Northside be as healthy as she can be. It takes all of us working together and when we do that god as they sang about gets the glory and he gets the honor and we can lift up and exalt his name because all of us are working together under the lordship of jesus christ would you close your eyes and bow your head a couple questions for you before we sing together question number one is do you know do you know jesus christ as lord and savior That's what this is really all about. It is the truth of the gospel. Do you know Jesus? Have you believed and trusted in the name of Jesus? If you have have not, this morning, would you just confess your sins, repent of your sins, and take hold of the name of Jesus? You, You can go from an unbeliever to a babe in Christ this morning, being born again, by saying, apart from Jesus, I know I'm going to hell, and I don't want to go to hell. I need a Savior. Will you take hold of Jesus? For those of you who have taken hold of Jesus, this morning, would you say that you are growing in your walk with Christ? I don't know where you are in that stage of spiritual maturity, but can you say that you are growing? That you are becoming more like Christ? That you are being conformed more and more into His image? Are you serving? Are you involved? Are you one who who is seeking to sow peace and unity or to sow discord and division? Are you faithfully in the Word of God? Are you faithfully gathering with His people, sitting under the preaching of God's Word? Are you humble? Are you teachable? Are you living out your walk with Christ? These are the things that, if we're honest, we all fall short of at times. And so we have 
messages to encourage us and to challenge us, and this is why we give you an opportunity to respond as we sing, to confess that sin, to come kneel at the front, whatever it may be, but to get right with the Lord, and that if need be, make sure you're right with other people. Father, speak to us now as we get ready to sing, as we pour out our hearts to you. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for the truth of the gospel. Help us to be men and women who stand upon that truth, for your word is truth. Help us to also be men and women who love Christ as you have loved us. And help us to be men and women who are concerned about every person in this room. Father, for your glory and your honor, in Jesus' name, amen. Would you please stand and let's worship together. I stand.